We all pot down here. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Luke twenty four thirty seven to 39 Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. And today we are going to discuss the whaling from 2016. So... We did some real quick cursory research for this, so I'm going to have Dan start us out with some of the stuff he found, uh, but we, like I said, we just watched it, and now we figured we'd just kind of record our thoughts and kind of what we felt about it, so Dan, yep. take it away. More of an instant reaction yeah. kind of thing this time. So The Wailing is a Korean horror film, really, really deep. There's a lot of context in this. So our char- main characters, um, Jong-gu. He's uh, our main character. He's a police officer. We have a Japanese man. He's kind of unnamed. Yeah, they never really... He's the Japanese man, I think, is Mm -hmm. pretty much how he's billed throughout this. Just like a mysterious element. Um, There's Moo Myung, who's the woman in white. We have a shaman. And we have Jonggu's daughter, Hyojin, who is a very important part of this. So there's a lot that goes into this flick that how it was made. The original title of this in Korean is Gokseong, which is the town that the movie is made in, which is also uh, the director's grandmother's hometown. And he spent a lot of time there. And it also means whale in Korean, hence the whaling. Convenient. Yep. So for... Kind of my basic notes I took on this, I didn't really take them all, but we were watching it, but one thing I found that was interesting that I didn't realize was that a large percentage of South Korea actually does have a Christian and Catholic religious base, I guess, whereas a lot of Asia does not. So A lot of Asia is more with Buddhism. Buddhism or no religion at all, from what I've gathered. So There's been a lot of missionary work in Korea, you know, a lot of it probably during the Korean War. Oh, that makes sense. From what I gathered back in 2015 when they did a census, they found that 56.1% had no religion, 27.6% was Christian or Catholic, and 15.5% is Buddhist with 0.8% other. Even though obviously less than 30% doesn't seem like a lot for an Asian country, that's pretty large. So that That, kind of surprised me. That is a big amount for sure. But so basically this film has a lot of themes. There is a lot of Christian symbolism, but there's also a lot of both Korean folklore as well as folklore from Nepal. We get into this movie and just kind of a quick analysis. Oh, and I guess before we start to start, I should say spoilers because this movie had a lot of twists and turns. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, I highly recommend going and watching it first because this entire movie, we were like, wait, is this what's happening? Wait, no, is this what's happening? And we just were guessing the entire time. I really feel it's one of those that it would almost be ruined if you watched it, this listened movie, to this first. So. This movie is a psychological thriller. It, it takes you all, run, makes you run the gamut mentally. And yeah, we're like, we're, I think what, a lot of the, what we're going to talk about is diving into a lot of what goes into it, a lot of the try to unsheath the mystery of some of the, the finer points of this movie. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that we probably didn't pick up on, missed, etc. Because this is a very deep movie. It's a very long movie. Yeah, two, it's over, two over two and, and a half, half hours. hours. Yeah, I think it was two hours, 
35 minutes. But it's not like one of those longer movies where you feel like it drags. This movie doesn't drag at all. doesn't feel like you're there for two and a half hours. No, for sure. One of the things I was going to go into with, I guess let's just dive into some of the themes throughout it. While we're watching this, um, there's parts where it seems like people might be possessed. They could be also on drugs. They mentioned mushrooms. So you're like, okay, are these people mm-hmm. just all accidentally got into bad mushrooms. The mushrooms was a great red herring. Yeah, it absolutely was. There's actually some stuff I was reading on Reddit where some people legitimately thought that that was like, they're like, no, I think that this literally was just all like people on mushrooms and that's all it is. I'm like, no, it's definitely not. You need to rewatch this movie. Mushrooms don't make you kill people. Ah, well, I mean, I'm sure there's been cases of someone accidentally killed someone because they thought they were a demon or something. Sure. Not to this level, though. Yeah, no, 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 not definitely not. But again, I thought that I could see how someone could think that initially, but it feels like by the end of this, you should have realized that was not the theme. The abstractness, though, of this movie can really lend you to think that conclusion could be what's happening, though. And that's part of the brilliance, I think, is that there's a lot of conclusions you can make. And you could all be right, you could all be wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't think any singular perspective of this movie is essentially right. And I think that was by design. Yeah. But so, like, we're watching this, though, and I'm thinking, okay, is there, like, a viral outbreak? Like, we got the the, the horror theme of viruses, and then mm-hmm. there's people that have these little, like, blisters like on them. Like, boils and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh, gosh, we have a plague going on. Mm-hmm. So we went from, like, regular, like, drug-induced madness, virus, plague. Later we have this thing that essentially, for all intents and purposes, is a zombie. Mm-hmm. And we have... supernatural themes. Yeah, supernatural themes. We have themes of possession, ghosts, demons, sorcery. Spirituality. Everything. And then just the religious horror of it all, as well as some xenophobia. I mean, the main character that ends up, that you reference our Japanese man, mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be like, real like, oh no, he's... The and, there's, and there's history with that, with, with Korea and Japan. Oh there's, yeah, there's because definitely of the early... There's definitely been tensions over, over the years. Yeah, because in... The early 20th century, wasn't there like a lot of Japanese colonialism that happened mm-hmm. that caused a lot of issues in Korea? For sure, and that kind of bias has carried over to some degree. You know, especially like this is based around a small town, probably has a lot of prejudices, etc. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's an existing thing. Exactly. And it plays off of that really well. Now, most of the themes were more Christian, Catholic, as I mentioned, the folklore of South Korea as well as Nepal, but also when you really think about it, there's the part where they're taking the photos of people mm-hmm. like that are dying, like they're victims essentially, and a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, is it African folklore or is it, or not folklore I guess wouldn't be the right word, it's either African or might be South America, there's a lot of history with people not wanting their photo taken because they believe that was stealing their soul. Mm. So that's what I kind of got out of the photo taking was that they, it was like their way of like a more modern take on the yeah. stealing of their soul. And that's how they were taking their soul yeah. from them. And I love how, like like we said, it integrates a lot of different belief systems into this movie and doesn't really avert to one specific one being right. Yeah. And I like that and I, this could be a slight translation issue because a lot of times they refer to stuff as either ghosts or demons, which mm-hmm. I wonder if there's not really quite the same word for it in the English language in the way that I'll have to look up the word again because I, I pronunciations in Korean are not great and much better with the Japanese pronunciations but where in Japan you have obviously yokai and you have yori and the yori is the more like ghost like spirits mm-hmm. but I always feel like it's not 
the same way in the English language ghost. Like, we think of the ghost, like the white sheet and just the, mm -hmm. you know, boo, scare you. Whereas I feel like theirs is more, like, much more spiritual. Much, yeah, it's very much more spiritual, much more profound. And their version of demons is not like we see demons in the version of hell and demons coming from There's Satan. There's good like, demons and bad demons. Yeah, you have a lot of, like, the yokai that weren't necessarily bad. They had good yokai. So mm -hmm. I feel like in... Korea, probably their folklore had something similar, which I didn't have enough chance to research how their folklore would have delved into that. But when they referenced ghosts or demons, I was like, I feel like this is going to is so much deeper if I knew this language better. For sure, for sure. And again, that's one of the brilliant things about this movie is that it brings together so many different themes and so many different belief systems. And are they all correct? Probably not. I th and I think it really, you know, it's like a life imitating art kind of thing because no belief system strictly is correct. That's how I've, that's always been my viewpoint is that, you know, like straight Christianity isn't always correct. Straight anything isn't always correct. You have to take in all points of view to things to fully understand what's going on. And I love that abstract viewpoint of this. Well, it also reminds me of the part where he's talking to the priest about what he saw. Mm -hmm. And the priest says to him, yeah, well, did you see it with your own eyes? And he's like, no. He's like, well, how can you feel this is real if you didn't see it with your own eyes? And I'm thinking, well, that's a giant fucking dose of irony right there. Mm -hmm. You know, the priest being like, well, you can't believe something if you didn't see it with your own eyes. I'm like, your entire goddamn religion is based <laughs> on this. <laughs> so that... Yeah, that he's like, yeah, you know, it's... Let the doctors do their work. Yeah, and it's like, a part of me is kind of like, yes, the doctors should do their work, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, clearly something else is wrong in this scenario. You think yeah. the priest would be there to help at least? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, and the worst part is, the priest was older. We had an old priest and a young priest. Mm -hmm. The power <laughs> of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs> a really good part of thing based on the director, Nya Hong Jin's loss of some really people really close to him and him, his personal journey of trying to find answers why this happened to these people ties right into this movie, like the, the idea of why and trying to find answers. You know, you know Zhang Gu cannot fi figure out why is this happening to his daughter? Why is this happening to his family? What's the reason? And the opening of the movie shows a fisherman baiting a hook and the idea that, well, you just took the bait. Hook was there, you just somehow took yeah, the Yeah, just the, well, and that's even what the, the shaman says to him at one point where mm -hmm. he's talking to him, he's like, well, why your daughter, what sin did you commit to have your He's like, sometimes just the line is cast and you just happen to be the one that's caught. Like, it's yeah. almost like the idea of it being random. Randomness. Which, which is kind of how I view stuff in many ways because, as you know, obviously my dad died very suddenly when I was a little kid, so I spent a lot of time as a child and growing up being like, why me? Why my dad? What did he do wrong? All this stuff. And I kind of got to the point in life where I felt like, if there's a god, if there's a higher power or something, I don't feel that they're sitting there actually controlling things, because if they were, that would really suck. <laughs> and I feel like it's more like we're given our own free will and everything, and that kind of like the ball is set in motion, but mm -hmm. doesn't control where it goes. So again, sometimes bad things happen, they're just random. Yeah, and if you have, you know, like some like higher power that's literally controlling everything, everything's mapped out, then free will is an illusion. I feel like the idea of, here's the blueprint, let's see how this works out. Well, they do have those studies they've been doing where they're trying to prove that this is actually we all live in a simulation. We're all in the Matrix? Yep. Keanu Ma Reeves, Ma please save us. Yes, right. Oh, I love Keanu Reeves so much. I just want to say he's the sweetest person. He seems like a wonderful human being. I would love to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I will say that when they did the scenes with the exorcisms, they have far more colorful exorcisms than we do. Oh, for sure. Like, like the rituals and the music and the pounding drums. It was pretty beautiful. Oh, no, no, it was. But I just was thinking, like, we always have the priest with just the 
the black robe with the mm-hmm. little like white collar and that's and, it where it's like the vomiting yeah. and the yeah <laughs> although thinking of the movie literally the exorcist mm-hmm. how like but again that was very like plain and everything mm-hmm. what they did much more low-key though they did have the he had that purple sash he put on him i yeah. guess that was like his one little bit mm-hmm. of flair um, his piece of flair yeah, he's, what, he's what are we in office space now yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he yeah. just wanted to do the bare minimum <laughs> But yeah, so they no, but no, they didn't do the bare minimum of this man. He went all out for no, that. No, full on. But his arms had those like colorful bands all the way mm-hmm. down them and everything. And I was like, wow, this was this is an exorcism I'd attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was entertaining. That's not really it, what was but happening. But it was still. But it was really ominous. Yeah. You know, like the whole ritual was very ominous and, yeah. and a very important scene of this movie. Why don't we go into that a little bit? Like what happens in that? Because I think that would be so, a good kind of. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of here. this is about, you know, there's the premise is there's these brutal murders in this small Korean town, and they don't know what's going on. And they're trying to figure out what happened. The main character is a police officer. So it kind of starts out with him trying to figure out what happened as a police officer. And he has a friend who's his, another police officer. These two guys are Keystone cops. They're idiots. There was a couple points in the movie where you and I were laughing because... Mm-hmm. They were just bumbling. Yeah, because you were like, this is almost like... It's you know, like Keystone cops. Well, no, no. So at one point, though, you said something to the effect of them being... Like, oh, like Harry and Lloyd yeah, from Dumb Harry and Dumber. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the two bumbling morons as cops. Yeah, so like... like it they had are just, just awful comic... at their jobs. But the thing is, I feel like that comic relief was like actually put in there on purpose. I don't feel that that was like... I do, too. I think I it was more, like, more, more dark comedy kind of Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. So I don't think that was us like doing our normal riffing, making fun mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I no. legitimately think they meant for these parts to be funny. I think they're they're made to make these guys look inept. And, and then they were. and they were absolutely. John Gu is always late, constantly for one reason. And or always not. has an excuse. And always, the chief is always sick. like, you always have an excuse. He's like, oh, are you blaming your daughter this time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, it turns from police investigation to his daughter starts to get affected. His daughter starts acting funny. And it gets to more of a personal investigation. So it it transitions from him doing his job to him figuring out what's going on with his daughter. And the grandma lives with them, and so she... The grandma's wonderful, by the way. Yeah, no, I loved her, but she... foul mouth grandma. <laughs> but yeah, she realizes, obviously, something's wrong. She calls the shaman, says he's supposed to be the best shaman. We've come to now realize, obviously, the shaman is not the good guy. He's not what we thought he was, or were hoping he was. Yeah, but so this shaman, you've realized throughout this that he's probably been the one that comes to do these ceremonies to help all these people that are all suffering through this small little town mm-hmm. and each time what he's doing is actually removing the protections that would be there so talk about the situation with the totem yeah exactly during so, the exorcism and, and he like you said he does these these rituals there was the point where one of the murders where they find all the like the three bodies in the well yeah where you see there's different artifacts and stuff around that made it look like a ritual happened and that it probably he, did that he, <laughs> It probably did. And they're all brutally murdered anyway because he removed the protections. I think he did a ritual there, and that's why they all did. Yeah, and that was the guy that also in early in... Was in the truck because of... Oh, yeah, the, because it said... The coat. Park, it said Park... Uh, I forget what his last name was. It I guess was Park, Park Shon Bay. Okay. And it had... Maybe it had the name tag on it, and you saw the body in the truck also had that name tag on it. No, no, I was, from him, I was talking about the guy, people in the well. Were they actually related to that guy? Cause yes. I thought, okay, because I thought that the guy, I there was that, a con- There was a connection. Okay, because I thought that that was, I'm probably thinking of a different murder scene, where it was the guy they knew from earlier that was the first one to see the demon in the woods. Oh, and, okay. 
he was the guy that owned like that store and he put his store for sale. He wasn't going mm-hmm. hunting in the woods. He was showing them like his freezers were empty and everything and just was like, I'm not going back there. And then they make him go back there and the dude yeah. literally gets struck by lightning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. No, it was different. It was, um, yeah, I, was they, I didn't think they, that was the guy in the truck. No, because they, at the end, they mentioned up. the name. And then the guy in the truck had that name the tag name on tag, it. Yeah. Moom Young, the woman in white, was wearing a jacket with his name on it at yeah. one point. So it's like she tried protecting them, but the shaman was that the jacket she was wearing at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't, yep. I didn't even pick up on that because it just like clicked in my head. I was like, wait a minute, she had that green jacket on the beginning. Yeah. But that was also the religious themes in that part where she's throwing the stones. It's like, you know, he's without sin, cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's the one that's actually without sin, casting the stones at them like, hey. Exactly. Hey, pay attention. I'm going to try to help you people. Like, God damn it, let me fucking help you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout this, it's hard to figure out who's who's good, who's bad, who's not. Because they initially, you start thinking, well... You know, this woman in white, Moom Young, she, there's something off about her. And it's not actually her name, to clarify, that it literally translates in Korean to, like, no name. Hmm. So that's basically saying no name is her name, because I think they mostly just refer to her as the woman in white, but gotcha. technically the Myung Young is um, no name, I think good, is good what to it directly translates to. You know, but with her, you, you're guessing, you can't figure out, is she on their side, is she not? And then the shaman, you're thinking, okay, he's got to be on their side. He's trying to protect them with this big elaborate ritual. And, and, she, and the woman in white was very kind of sketch and iffy. Very nondescript. Because she shows up at one vague. of the... Yeah, she shows up at one of the crime scenes that the house has been burned down and she's trying to explain she was there and she's basically mm-hmm. trying to help them. But again, her vagueness, I think, is part of the problem. But I know that sometimes in like folklore and stuff, that is part of the problem is that they can't give you the whole story. They can't just hand it to you for whatever reason. And you have to... It's, it's the thing about belief. Yeah, you and have about to come... Faith. And that's kind of what happens almost at the end, even with the evil spirit, the Japanese man, where he says to him, what are you? Show me your true form. And he says, you know, well, you already think I'm the devil, so I'm the devil, basically. You know, like, because mm-hmm. basically no matter what I say, it's not going to change what you think. And he says to touch him just very much like that, that Bible passage. Yeah, like, touch me, I'm flesh, therefore mm-hmm. I cannot be a ghost. And that man was a a Christian priest and you think like is he seeing what it makes you think is he seeing what he wants to see when the man kind of transforms into a demony creature I feel like in my opinion that he's not just seeing what he wants to see I feel like he's seeing what was the, the reality was kind of yeah. that said being that he looked very devil like what he sees maybe more how his religion would mm-hmm. perceive it whereas if someone who was let's say from Japan or somewhere else that didn't have that same religious belief they might see some other type of demon thing that yeah. wouldn't look the the same so More it's almost like, it, it reminds me of like in the yeah. mothman prophecies you remember where um Andrew cold says to him on the phone he's like you know well, what do you look like and he says depends who's looking that's a good one that's a good connection let's talk a little bit more about that ritual scene so you have two rituals going on at the this, same time and they almost look like this is one's the, affecting the other and this is brilliant yeah and especially the japanese man purposely picks all black chickens mm-hmm. and his actual ritual apparently a lot of that's based in the ceremonies from nepal but his ritual looks like it's the typical what you think be the evil ritual you know Mm -hmm. everything's dark and evil looking and the other one that's the shaman very colorful colorful and all the chickens are white and the goat was white 
too. The goat was white, yeah. And remember, it was before the ceremony, they had that goat that gets hung up like entrails all. It was a black goat. And it was a black goat. Yeah. You see it like the yin and the yang. Like, mm-hmm. But I think part of the point with the yin and the yang is that while you have the dark and the light, there's also that small speck of the dark and the light on each side. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like all within each other. Yeah, and it's a lot of it's like the shaman's rituals of total deception because you think he's putting protection on them when he's actually removing the protection so this demon spirit can pull off what they want to pull off. You see, the demon's doing a ritual, but it, it's like spirit transference. Yeah, because he's, he's transferring into that guy that's dead Park in the Chumbe's truck. Body. Mm-hmm. That's why when you see the body come up as a zombie, that's the evil spirit infiltrating that body. And the trade-off is that Park Chumbe's spirit is in that of the Japanese man. Yeah, so they threw me off when I first watched it because you see the moment they stop the ritual. It seems like almost like he dies. Mm-hmm. once, And they've been like you know, destroying the totem and everything. And then the daughter is just like losing it. And so they stop the ritual. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then, the Japanese man kind of comes... seems like he comes back to life. Yep. And so, again, it does a great job of tricking yeah. you because you're watching that and you're like, crap, they stopped the ritual and now he's and alive. And now he's fine. But in reality, he pulled it off. Yeah, in reality... It doesn't matter because all he was doing was removing protections, whereas the Japanese man was switching bodies, and that's why you saw the body start to move in the truck. Mm -hmm. So when the guy who actually is now in the demon Japanese man's body, you see him run down the truck and he sees it's empty, and he's like, obviously, like, where's my body? He's panicking, yeah. And you see when he first, like, wakes up in the body, and he's just, like, he's shivering, he's cold, Mm -hmm. he covers himself, and then the next day he goes, he sees the body's gone, he's just confused out the fucking wazoo. Exactly. And we're all, like, led to believe that we're, like, why is this like this one? It's very confusing. And when Jong-gu and his friends go and try to intimidate the Japanese man, the guy doesn't react to anything. He's stoic. He's stone cold. They trash his house and kills this fucking dog and a poor puppy well it ended up being a hellhound so maybe what was it we don't know I, for we sure. don't know we don't know but that was a pretty powerful scene the jungle goes out just trashes this guy's place accusing him of being this this entity and to leave before he kills him and the guy has no reaction doesn't say anything and then after this transference you see the Japanese in panic and stuff you're like you know there's a personality difference and I was confused by that at first, but as time went on, obviously it made sense. Once the thing I want to reference, though, when he tells the Japanese man you have three days to leave, I wonder if that was referencing also when we're talking about the Christian themes, you know, wasn't Jesus supposed to be in the cave for three days yep. and then rose after three days? Exactly. I'm sure that was some kind of I'm connection. I'm sure there was a connection there. Yeah, uh, that's side, a good metaphor. Side note, the actor that played the shaman, not the Japanese man, mm-hmm. God, I, mean, I hope I don't mispronounce his name, I believe it's Yong Min Huang, and that scene, that whole ceremony, he filmed that for 15 minutes straight without a break, and it was just one long take he did it in. That is freaking impressive. Yeah, so I just wanted to give him some kudos for that, because I was like, yeah, wow, that's Because that impressive. was intense. Yeah. And, and such a good subversion. Also, side note, because I was very worried about this when we watched this, that I was worried about the chickens. So I was like, this can't be fun for the chickens. So I was like, I hope these are either fake or... Apparently they made sure none of these animals were harmed. The only animal that technically was harmed, which was not considered a quote-unquote higher animal, is the worm at the beginning. Hmm. But the other animals, there was no harm. Apparently they had a lot of counseling and animal trainers under like strict supervision. And the virtual effects people filled in anywhere else that was needed. So no good. animals were harmed that were not the worm. Good. I figured. But that's definitely good to... Poor shot, To confirm. I know, right? <laughs> By the way, I watched Dune. It's awesome. And, you know, this ritual is like, it's such a good bait and switch. It's one of my favorite scenes here. And then after that ritual, we have Jong-Gu and his 
merry band of people. They they, they go and merry band of idiots. Exactly, and they they're going after the Japanese man, and the body transfer has already happened, and the zombified Park Bay comes out and just starts attacking them and whatever they do they yeah. are not stopping him especially when they like they just plant a rake in his head and he just pulls and it out like, like it's fucking and it nothing. breaks it off and then he just like pulls the rake out like nothing and then they're beating this thing with zombie. shovels and whatever they have and he bites the priest <laughs> the, the zombie bites the priest but then they see the japanese man hiding and they start pursuing him well they start pursuing because remember the zombie all of a sudden starts like twisting around and mm-hmm. just collapses like, conv- like convulsing and, yeah, yeah and so i don't know if that was supposed to be him just realizing that could see the japanese man now and he's like great i will go ahead and oh yeah he wanted them out here he wanted them to go after him yeah because that's won- part of the plan yeah so he got to the point he realized he was there so he was just like kerplunk and yeah. play dead or whatever or was really dead i guess because <laughs> it's a dead body yeah. but and they're chasing him and this guy's scared out of his wits yeah and uh, uh, rightfully so you know your spirit was transferred and here are these group of idiots are trying to kill you so he's running and running and running and you see him getting to like the end of a cliff and he's gripping the lead and they're not fine he falls he gets hurt but then he sees the, the woman in white yes yeah, so when he falls he's kind of like obviously hurt and he's trying to hide and he's wedging up against the rock mm-hmm. and he sees the woman in white and this is where we know once you're at the end of the movie you realize that she is pursuing him mm-hmm. possibly either to save him or i don't know what her plan was at that moment but I, I think she was trying to save that that man's soul yeah so she's chasing him but the thing is from the perspective of it you don't know who's chasing who exactly you don't and they, know apparently originally we're going to make it obvi- more obvious i guess that she was chasing him but they wanted to keep it as ambiguous as possible so they made it where it's not really obvious you just see mm-hmm. blips of one running than the other running. Exactly. you don't know who's chasing who at this and point. i think that was a really wise choice yeah for sure. And then you see the Japanese man, they're all driving away, and you see the Japanese man crash into the car. Yeah, because while they're driving, he's trying to get hold of the wife, and then, mm-hmm. like, swerves and almost hits a truck, and then yeah. swerves all over the place, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the crash. something crashes into the windshield, and you're like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. And they get out, and they realize it's the Japanese man's body. Yeah, but the, here's the problem. The evil spirit is no longer in that body. It's Parshun Bay. So that's the spirit that's in the body. And you see on, on the ledge, the, the woman in white's kind of watching. And the big kicker here is Jong-Gu and his buddies roll this body over the cliff. He's like, all right, we got him. Let's get rid of him. And it comes up later. There's a major issue with the movie that really leads to the conclusion is Jong-Gu's sin. His sin was that he killed this man, an innocent soul. He rolled him over the cliff. And it connects to the real penultimate part of the movie at the end, where it was really important about the sin that he committed. And he doesn't understand what he did wrong. And fast forward close to the end, if you're good with going there. Yeah, he comes to the hospital, sees the daughter and the wife and the grandma, and they seem like she's better. He's all like hugging her, everyone's happy. Seems like everything's good. He tucks her into bed and whatnot, and the grandma's gonna sleep by her that night. And then she's gone. And then you can tell something just seems off with him. Like mm-hmm. he seems concerned, obviously. And the shaman's been calling him, so he ends up driving over to the shaman's house at the same time the shaman has driven to his house. Mm-hmm. And when the shaman's there, all of a sudden he like reaches up and touches his nose and he's got a nosebleed. Then all of a sudden it is just pouring out his nose. And he's vomiting and the woman in white steps out and mm-hmm. she's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, get away, get out. And you wonder at that point when... Is she... Go- you don't know if she's... Blood gonna- shooting out and the vomit and it's like... Is he having this reaction because he's in the presence of an evil entity? Or is he the evil entity having a reaction to the presence of good? good. Exactly. And you don't know. And that's a really gross scene. But so he 
books it out of there. He books he, it, yeah. And he gets back to his place. He has this, like, crow that comes in, and it's, like, flopping around. It's dead. He gets mm-hmm. real freaked out. And again, this makes it look like something evil is coming for him. Exactly. So he gathers up a bunch of shit, and he, he bails. And while he's leaving, going down the road, out of nowhere... Locusts. Lots of locusts. And it's just like just pattering over the windshield to the point where it's like, turn off the windshield wipers, it's only making it worse. <laughs> and it, he can't see, and he just, the car gets out of control, he gets out screaming, there's nothing there. So it's nothing but an illusion from the evil spirit slash the spirit that's in the Japanese man is making him think so he goes back and finishes okay. this ritual. That I didn't understand that that was why he did it, why he was going back. I thought the the plague of God kind of thing mm-hmm. like being like going after the evil and that he was the evil that was being going after yeah. that was if he goes away the ritual doesn't finish. True. That does thing I didn't think of that until you pointed that but the other thing that's interesting about that is the locust though when he gets out and you realize they're not there I was again thinking did he get like some of these bad mushrooms or something and that's why he, <laughs> and yeah now he's tripping too. So again I can this see This whole how, small town is tripping. Yeah, so one giant trip this entire town. It's like but, Frank Reynolds goes, giant trip balls. <laughs> well, we had the crow like exactly. I hate the crow. It's eating up, up inside. <laughs> but What's interesting is, you know, then he comes back. As he's going back, he's calling... Jungu. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, he calls back, he's calling Jungu. There's like tons of missed calls, he sees. He's calling Jungu and finally gets in touch with him. He's like, where are you? And he's like, where are you? Like, because he's like, well, I'm at your place and all your stuff's gone. He's like, you know, you got to get back to your house. You got to get to your daughter. And I think this is when both the Japanese spirit and him have realized that the woman in white has now done something to protect that house. Mm -hmm. Because they can't pull off what they want to. Because right now only innocence is within the house. Because he's left for whatever reason and so they need him to go back there essentially to break the seal exactly because it all goes back to jongu's sin of throwing over the japanese man's body that contained park chumbe's spirit and that's his sin so if he goes back there he takes away the purity that the woman in white has put over as a protection to his family so essentially him going back enables the evil spirit to finish the job now what's weird is for a moment though the daughter's gone because initially when he gets back there remember he Mm -hmm. runs in there and finds she's gone Mm -hmm. and when he finds she's gone you know wakes the grandmother up and wakes the the mom up there all looking for her and when he leaves that's when he he's looking for her outside of the property that's mm-hmm. when he sees the woman in white so i don't know if she put the protection up like very quickly in that time or if the protection was already up she couldn't activate it until he was out or something yeah it's i wasn't kind of, fully clear on that it's kind of ambiguous i think how it doesn't worked, take away from the movie I no just wasn't it's just clear that it. his presence couldn't be there he could not be there for them to be protected yeah and we get to a really great scene with dialogue between Jean-Gu and the woman in white and she's telling him you can't go back until a certain thing happens and the connection with this is Simon Peter's denial of Jesus that's the direct connection there. I remember I called that up. She tells him, you can't go back until the rooster's crowed three times. Yep. And the second that happened, I was like, wait, are we referencing? Mm-hmm. And we had to pause the movie for me to double check. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a reference. So uh, for those who don't know the story, Simon Peter, Jesus said that you will deny me three times. And people associated him with Jesus. And he said, he denied it three times. And the connection here is that the woman in white tells Jonggu, you have to wait for the rooster to crow three times. Once the rooster cries three times, you can go back, and then your family will be safe. But he doesn't know who to believe here. And, and that's the, woman, the tricky part. I didn't know who to believe. Neither did I. And 
the woman and he asks the woman, "Who are you?" He wants he wants something tangible, and she can't give him that. She's like, "I'm trying to protect your family. I'm trying to protect your daughter." And the shaman represents something tangible. This guy isn't really a man of faith, anything like that. So he doesn't feel this like to be able to make that leap. Yeah, of, that leap of, of belief, a leap of faith. He couldn't leap to believe the woman in white. The shaman's calling him, telling him, no, 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 you can't believe anything she says. She's saying, don't believe anything he says. He is so conflicted, so confused. So then the rooster crows twice. He is in full panic and he just takes off to his home. And she just And the screams. woman in white just screams. Yeah, she screams no. And just... Because she knows he's damning his family, essentially. Yeah. And when he runs back in, there's a, I don't know what kind of plant it was. But as soon as he it crosses, looks like some kind of herb of some yeah, sort. But as soon as he crosses that mushrooms. threshold, yeah, mushrooms. As soon as he crosses that threshold, it it just whittles and dies like instantaneously. Really good effect, and really pointed. the barrier's been broken. Exactly, he broke the barrier. Protection is gone, and, and now the, the damage that evil can do its deed, and the damage is done. And at that point, he finds he finds his wife, and she's like cut. Well, first he walks in, and just there's like blood, fucking everywhere. everywhere. Because, oh, I guess back up and a little bit. And the daughter's just standing there, right? Well, you don't see her right away, but back up a little bit. Because the do- initially the daughter, when she comes back and when the woman might tell him your daughter's already home, but then again, you gotta stay here because he's asking where she is. Mm-hmm. So somehow she her. went away and came back. And I don't fully understand where she went and came back, but I don't know if that was like part of maybe she was putting, maybe she put a protection on her and then sent her back. And that's kind of what activated the protection. That's possible. I don't know. But she's something's clearly still wrong with her because she's literally just sitting on the floor in the kitchen, just eating fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time she did that in the movie. Yeah. She like was just, cause she was eating itself. fish one point. And yeah. again, that's also probably some symbolism to an extent, you know, like the fish symbol was Jesus and everything. Mm-hmm. So and the seven deadly sins. Yeah, so because they, I read somewhere that they reference each, either directly or indirectly reference each of the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. and so obviously the one where she's just like eating to no end is obviously gluttony. Mm-hmm. So she goes in, and now jumping back to where we were, he goes through the kitchen. It is just a fucking bloodbath in there. He opens this back door, finds the wife dead. It looks like her throat's cut. He's trying to like wake her and like get her back to conscious. And he's obviously just like traumatized it down. The daughter then is just like standing in the doorway and just staring at him. Mm -hmm. And then we cut back to, I believe that's what, because we also throughout this time are cutting in between the priest going to see the Japanese man. Yeah. And the Japanese man. Who we thought was dead. Yeah. But he isn't. And. He goes into like a cave. Yeah. And, and the priest asks him, just tell me who you are, and he I says, will leave you He says, show me your true form. And which... I will leave you alone. And he goes, like, what makes you think I would allow you to leave? Well, cause, and there's gaps between that, but mm-hmm. when he said, at one point you see, like, a hole in his hand, and I was like, is he supposed to be almost like a stigmatic kind of thing, mm-hmm. showing, like, the situation? And that's why, like, again, you're led for a second to believe that, oh my gosh, what if he was, you know, obviously not dead, he was the good spirit or something. Yeah, and, and he's, you're still like, fucking geez, like, wondering like at this Jesus point. or something, like, to the holes nailed to the hands from the cross. And the, But and... There's, I think it's also supposed to be the priest, when him saying that, I think is probably probably also alluding to like when Jesus looked the demons and he says tell me your name our name is legion for we are many so it's a, there's a lot of in all like spiritual belief it always seems like there's a lot of power in a name mm-hmm. so he's trying to get him to tell him his true form and see who they are and he tells him like it does you know you already think I'm the devil it doesn't matter what I say you're gonna believe what you believe mm-hmm. and so he ends up gradually becoming what looks like a demon or a devil like more like the Christian idea of a devil mm-hmm. 
the red eyes, the horns, the, the creepy, hair, like, like all the weight, like the body hair and body hair, the claws on the hands. Yeah. Like he has like fingernails, but they're like claws mm-hmm. basically. And he's taking his picture, and yeah. the the symbolism of taking the pictures is is good because when Jonggu and his group of morons they when they <laughs> break into the Japanese man's house, they find like all these pictures of all the dead of people who were well, died. And... It wasn't with the the group of morons. It was just with him and his partner. That's and they right. Brought the priest, which yeah. is I guess. I think the priest was supposed to be the partner's nephew. Just a nephew. smaller group of morons. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was the police partner's nephew. And they find that, and they also find his daughter's shoe, which, you know, like, for the, like the idea of demonic possession, they need an item. Well, and what's interesting when you, if you think about it, and this is what I think also made him freak out thinking that the woman in white was the bad bad one here, because if you look at the part where she, he took the shoe, so who throws a shoe, honestly? <laughs> Sorry. Um, random task. I know. So random task. Show them what you do. <laughs> so, but the woman in white was collecting like the upper body belongings from the villagers to protect them. So, like she had the beret, and that's what he saw that. Mm-hmm. And I think he thought something was wrong, but in all reality, the Japanese man was collecting the lower parts to curse them. So, mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be kind of like the heaven hell dynamic. You know, the yeah. lower, as in like hell's below you, heavens above you, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So she was collecting the upper body you know, items to protect them, which also probably is why she had the jacket on. Exactly. From... So... It's a lot of, like, the opposites. You don't know what's going on. It's like, which George Costanza is the real one? <laughs> that one or the opposite? You don't know. And the opposite, everything goes right for him. So every, everything's flipped, turned upside down. You gotta get your, your Seinfeld right. I did. There. I did. It was I'm a little bit of a stretch, you. but I got it. <laughs> but this movie is brilliant. Yeah, it, going back to the scene with... Where we see the... Japanese man turning into the devil. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that that was him just being, again, what he... I think I may have alluded to that earlier. With what the, he thought, what he wanted to see. What yeah, the priest, so he saw I, what he I, wanted, His idealized but with, vision of what he thinks this man is. And again, this is like I referenced earlier in the Mothman prophecies where depends who's looking, would this look more like a typical Japanese yokai, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't say typical Japanese yokai because mm-hmm. there's like so yeah. many but like if, yokai. If, but if, if, if it was like Shangu looking at him, for example... He doesn't really have a, like a spiritual belief system, really. So what he's just going to see that man, probably. That man, or would he see... I'd be curious like, how he would interpret evil. Like, cause it feels it's like more what, of a mental thing, I think. It's he, more of like... It's not a visual interpretation. It's more of a mental interpretation. He thinks this man's doing bad things. Okay, he's bad. Yeah, it's like you wonder, though... Because he saw the demon in the woods earlier. Is that what someone mm-hmm. else saw with that demon in the woods? Is that their interpretation of evil? Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting, because I mentioned, remember how he says the guy's just wearing a, they refer to it as a diaper? Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> I like thinking that was Austin Towers. They're like, they're like, hey, diaper lady, I got my diaper for you. Oh, so, I pinched the rosebud in there for you. <laughs> Ew, I pinched it off too soon. I left the rosebud for you. <laughs> <laughs> but they have that kind of what looks almost like that quote unquote diaper, like the like the sumo wrestlers or someone wear. Yeah. And one thing I didn't notice, that I don't know if you noticed, is that the evil demon thing in the woods that was eating like the deer, mm-hmm. as in the shaman when he's changing, they have that same type of diaper thing on. Yeah. So yeah. that was supposed to be like kind of a little foreshadowing as to like these mm-hmm. two are in cahoots. Yeah. I didn't even think about that till later. Everything's done. Family's destroyed. Shaman comes back. And the shaman sh- shows up. 
He is investigating the scene, and he starts taking pictures of the bodies. And it seems like, like, Sean Gu is alive, but... Yeah, because he's mumbling stuff. Mumbling. I, I don't know if he's, like, dying in a state of shock, but he's just... The shaman is just taking pictures of all the bodies. And to, to rewind a little bit, the, the clue that him and the Japanese man slash evil spirit are connected is when he's taking these pictures, he opens the trunk, he, he takes out his box, and he spills it. And there's all What's the in it? All the pictures... All yeah. the pictures that the Japanese man took. So there's our defined connection between the two. Yeah, because there's the deleted scene where they make it obvious, but I feel like yeah. like the director this said... Is, the director thought this was enough, but the deleted scene's really good, and I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, just check it, it. It's only like two it's and a like, half minutes. It's like two and a half, three minute scene. You can find it on YouTube. So the deleted ending was they show a family at like a bus stop. You see the Japanese man at a stop on the other side of the road. And he's trying to tempt the child. And he's like holding up a toy. The kid comes, mother grabs the kid, brings it back. And here comes the van that the shaman was driving. And the Japanese man gets in there and they speed away. And then you see the woman in white come up behind them just staring off into the distance like, crap, they got away. Yeah, also I the think it's fine that she's going to continue to follow them. Exactly, possibly. the pursuit continues. And they cut that out. The director thought it was pretty obvious that, like he said, that they were in cahoots. But it's a really good scene, and it, it ties it together kind of nicely. I don't think if they would have included it, it would have made it better or worse. No, but I kind of like that it's in a way ambiguous, but not to the point that you wouldn't get it earlier in the movie when they come back to the Japanese man's house and he sees all the photos are gone, which they had cell phones on them. This this movie's made in 2016. There's multiple mm-hmm. parts where they, you see him taking cell phone pictures. I'm like, oh, for sure. how the fuck were you people not taking photos of your police right. officers? And I realized they weren't supposed to be there and whatnot, but maybe take it just but so But these that... are dumb police officers. Though. I know, They're I not know. very good at their job. I know. but so it's like they... It's like if you have two Paul Blarts or something. Yeah. The Japanese man claims that he burned them and you look and he sees in the kitchen there looks like there are some burned stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's one part where you see the jolly band of idiots. One of them's going through the kitchen. You see all these film strips hanging down like, you know, for our young audience that doesn't know what a film strip... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But 35 millimeter? What the hell is that? Yes, yeah, so, but they, they had them just like hanging down and he's kind of like walking through them and it occurred to me that I'm like, fuck, if the other guy had been here he would have probably realized that like, here's the film we fucking needed that mm-hmm. was supposedly was burned, you know? So clearly yep. it wasn't. We kept the negatives. Yep, always keep the negatives. I've been trying to think though, because with the, the symbolism we have, the fish, we have the goats, we have the locusts. I also read that if you pay really close attention, you count. There's 12 deaths and there's 12 apostles. Oh, that is good. There's also seven possessions. Seven deadly, seven sins. deadly sins. That and is I was like, brilliant. There, there's so much underlying so much here. There's, there's so much juicy detail to this movie. And I, I don't think this could have possibly been done any better. No, I absolutely fucking loved it. At some point, I want to go through and try to figure out each of the seven deadly sins, like mm-hmm. which ones were which. Like, Gluttony clearly is obvious sure. with him. Seeing the kid, you know, the kid eating a ton. Lust, there's a scene where, and, and I wasn't the only one that thought this, because I read online a ton of people thought this as well, that there's a scene oh, when where... Oh, he, he has sex he, with the, yeah, the woman in the car. Yeah, he's ba- apparently banging his wife in the car, but you don't really get a great view of her, and so I thought it was some random woman he was banging in the car. Or like, like was, someone who's like a, someone who helped them keep their place, even though if yeah, that was the case, they were doing a really bad job, because that place was kind of a mess. But, <laughs> but I was thinking his sin for a while was the cheating and stuff mm-hmm. and then later obviously now that I know that was his wife it's like well yeah. but, but it I could be lost that... because you know like the kid obviously saw it's like yeah I've yeah. seen it a few times no big deal and then Envy I was trying to think where we could see Envy and like 
obviously Sloth, though, he was late to a lot of stuff, a bit lazy. Oh, of course. He was absolutely Sloth. Wrath also, obviously, when he loses it and just, like, kills destroys... The dog. Yeah, kills the dog, yeah. destroys the Japanese man's place. I'm trying to think. Pride? Where did we see Pride? I mean, he's very prideful and... But doesn't have to just be him. That's no. what I'm trying to think. There's other characters that could have been... Because it's Pride, Greed, Lust, Envy, Gluttony, Wrath, and Sloth. And then, like, the counters to those are Humility, Charity, Chastity, Gratitude, Temperance, Patience, and Diligence. So, I felt like that if we dug deep enough, we could find mm-hmm. almost like Oh, I'm opposites. sure there's an example. I'm sure there are in there. Well, the Seven Deadly Sins, I wondered, and no, no one said this, I just kind of wondered, if we look really carefully at the two characters that obviously are our evil characters, do they do any of the opposites? Because obviously, like, when he's destroying the house and everything, he's really calm and, you know, mm-hmm. he's really patient about the whole situation. And it's like, yeah. deletes him, he's trying to give the kid a toy in a way. It's charity and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like all these little things that could end up being, like, the opposites were the, the actual evil ones doing the opposite of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. I, again, I don't know. I just was wondering if that version. was... Uh, this movie's full of it. And again, like I said earlier, throw your belief systems out the window for this because all or none could be right. And that's a lot of the point. And the ambiguity in this movie really makes it because and it leaves such a lasting impression with you. So brilliant stuff. You want to get down to uh, To to a rating? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with Skulls. That's our, just overall as a film. Out of five, what are you feeling? It's a five. Like, I've I, been I debating don't, four or five. I like, don't throw fives out very often, but I look at a movie like this that gets all the right notes correct. I love psychological horror. This is like the creme de la creme of psychological horror. It has so many themes, so many underlying possibilities, so much aversion. It throws you don't know. It's such a roller coaster ride. You don't know what's up, what's down. You don't know anything. Everything you can th- be thinking could be completely wrong. Yeah. It is such a ride. It's brilliantly acting is brilliant. Everything everything was brilliant with this. So for me, it's a five. It's one of the best psychological horror movies I have ever seen. And that's like, that's high praise for me because I I'm not we one really love who psychological who, horror. I we we do, and I'm not one to throw out a five very easily. I left this movie totally floored. Yeah. And kudos to Korean horror in general. They have been smashing it out of the park for a long time. Yeah, but if like, you somehow haven't watched Squid Games yet. Why Watch Squid Game. It's great. Yeah, because we'll, we won't Squid Game, get Train into to Busan. There, there's so much quality. Obviously, it's from number that part one the in the entire world right now. So again, if you and rightfully so, yeah, it's not just it hype. Yet, like like go watch just it. because a lot of like people who might not typically watch something like this might be all about it. The hype is real. Watch it for sure. But so, yeah, this is a five for me. What do you think? I was gonna. I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, I kind of was like. When I was like rating it on uh, IMDb, I did nine out of ten. I didn't feel it was full on ten out of ten. But if we're going out of five, I'm gonna give it the full five out of five. But if it was like a larger scale, I might not. Almost nothing's perfect to me. There's always gonna be little things for me most of mm-hmm. the time. There's very few films that I would truly get. Like Jurassic Park's probably one of the only ones off the top of my yeah. head that I can be like hundred percent no problems with this movie. The Empire Strikes Back, perfect. And, and again, that's also one of them. You know, Rathacon. I don't even care. It holds up the test of time. Yep. God damn it, J.J. Abrams, don't touch Star Trek ever again. Anyway. <laughs> 
one thing I also, with the acting, I wanted to point out that Hyojin, the little girl, the daughter, the actress apparently practiced modern dance for six months leading up to this so that she could perform the scenes where she was being possessed, where she's like kind of going nuts. Now, have you seen either Suspiria? I've seen the original. Okay. I was like, for I, sure. Yeah. The original is great. Yes. I haven't I, seen the remake. It's actually very good. It's I still like the original better, but it's one of those where the remake wasn't a problem kind of thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of remakes, obviously, I, I could rant for a week about, I was reading yeah, a thing maybe online. Yeah, we'll do an episode of re- remakes, why? Yeah, there's so <laughs> many remakes that are like, why'd you bother doing this? The remake of Suspiria is very good. It held very true to the original. The only time I'm okay with it is when they do something totally fucking different, usually. Like, for example, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, where they kind of like, yeah. here's this general little idea from the original, and now we're going to do a whole fucking different story yeah. in a modern spin. Exactly. Great. You know what? That That's fun. I like that. Because it's a whole different story. It's not just let me try to reinvent the fucking wheel. Yeah, like the Omen remake. They just, they, they changed deaths for random reasons and it was just a big fucking mess. Yeah. But it's like when you have something like The Fly, it can be fun, or The Blob remakes. Like, even the original is still fun too. But then there's one where it's like, why did you fucking bother? Yeah, exactly. But Suspiria, and we should watch at some point. The new one is very good. But a lot of that in both the original Suspiria and the new one, there's a lot of that modern dance where people almost look like they're convulsing in various mm-hmm. things that is just like really fucking wild to watch. So apparently like kudos to the actress because that she had she looked pretty young. I yeah. mean she probably was under thirteen. She had she, some acting chops. Yeah, she like, was great. I mean she was so believable that you felt her performance. Like when she was possessed and screaming and stuff. I mean this kid is legitimately amazing. And the whole cast was great. I was checking her age out of curiosity. So she was born in two thousand two this movie was made in 16. So actually, she probably was about, at the time of filming, probably around between 12 and 13. That's, when that's it impressive. You, but again, it's like, that's just like, my God, like, you don't get top many, fucking notch. You don't get many preteens acting that well. No, for sure. Uh, but yeah, for me, five out of five for the scariness of it. Um, I'd say a three for me. There's a lot of, it's very, it's an unsettling movie. There's parts that, and this made me really happy, there's no jump scares really at all. There's there's none of that kind of no, like it's cheap dread. It's the it's it's the overall existential dread of what's happening. And it, it's very it's scary in like you don't know what's going on, what's real, what's not, who's good, who's bad. It ranks more of a thriller in some ways to me. So it, like throughout the movie I wasn't really frightened, but I was so like locked into the story and trying to guess what the hell's happening that it it has a lot of scary moments for sure and it will mess with your head it's very psychologically brilliant but it's not like out and out like frightening to me i guess so i'd say a three out of five and that's not a detriment to this at all it's just it's not the kind of movie that invokes a level of like that level of scary yeah i i'm gonna give it a four only because I feel like there's most movies now, for whatever reason, the older I get, movies don't tend to scare me anymore whatsoever. Yeah, I get Even it. like a jump scare, it's like, okay, that startled me for like a second. Startling but, isn't scary. But I feel like the existential dread of all of this, a lot of times like throughout this movie, I was just like, felt like my heart was racing in certain mm-hmm. parts, especially like, we don't know what's going on. The zombie thing when he's like bleeding into his mouth a little yeah. bit, I'm just like, oh my God, like, I don't know, for me, I'm going to give it a four. I feel like if you saw The Exorcist and you felt that was the scariest movie, movie ever, because I've had... For a lot of people, it is. My yeah, like mother... Your, your mom won't even watch it again, will No, she? she watched it once, scared the bejesus out of her, and she will never watch that movie again. She, it's it, like, even, she doesn't even want to talk about 
the, that movie, it scares her so much. Whereas it doesn't scare me at all, and that's not no. a detriment in any way, shape, or form to it. I think it's one of the best movies ever. Yeah. But that's... The amount of horror we've seen, it, it, there can be some desensitization, you know? I think for me, things that are scary, like when I watch a horror movie, I don't watch it necessarily to be terrified. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like most things, like especially stuff that like relies so hard on heavily on gore, always doesn't like almost yeah. annoys me because it's like yeah, it's you're grossing me out, but you're not really trying to. I feel like you're not trying to yeah. scare me. It's it's lazy. I can do you can do so much to make stuff bloody mm-hmm. and gross, but really at the end yeah. of the day, is that really scaring me? Whereas like you have movies like The Strangers where these random people just go around killing people for no reason. Whatsoever. Yeah, and that's kind of like in the vein of like Michael Myers and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. you know and Jason and all those. I think one of the scariest things about them is the fact that it's random. It's not like you were targeted for a reason. It's not like, you know, okay, with Jaws, all I gotta do is not go in the fucking water and I'm mm-hmm. fine. You know, Jurassic Park, uh, all right, I just won't go to the island filled with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> no movie encapsulates that better than Black Christmas for me because it's just, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just random wacko. Yeah. And again with this too, like you said, like, you know, the whole uh, metaphor of the fisher, fisherman and fishing, there's really no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of like you were there and you caught the hook. Yeah, and it's like wrong place, wrong yeah. time kind of thing. I guess for me, it's the existential dread of stuff. I think it's the scariest thing. There's a, a great no sleep story. If I remember, I'll try to link it in one of our show notes or something that was supposed to be a guy that says, basically, he's like, tonight I met someone that claimed to be the devil, and I think I believe them. And That's one of my favorite ones that I've Oh my god, when I read that, I remember the comments on it on Reddit was somewhere someone said something to the effect of like, ah, well, there goes my good amount of existential dread for the rest of my life. (laughs) So for me, I'm going to give it a four. Again, if something like The Exorcist and stuff like that is like really like that kind of thing horrifies you, this might be a bit much for you. This might be a six for you. Yeah. I mean, like... This goes to 11. I mean, like, for, for me, I guess my three would be a high three. But yeah, like, like if you were given but like, a three and a half. Yeah, I was sucked more into the thriller aspect of this, of like figuring out what was going on in the psychology. I really wasn't freaked out, scared or anything, but I can see like for vast majority of people, this can be a pretty scary movie. And like, yeah, like you said, if if The Exorcist creeps you out, this is going to mess with your head big yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. So you should watch it. Yes, because then you can have fun. Yeah. For music and sound design. I would say there's not a lot of music really in this, but the sound design's very good. Yeah. You know, everything, like the cracks and stuff, like with the contortion and stuff is good. It's a dialogue heavy movie. Yeah, really. Sure. I'd say that the sometimes you can ruin sound if there's too much going on. Yeah. It can distract from the Exactly. Movie it can be distracting from what you're trying to see. So I would say sound design, I'll give it a four. I was going to go with a four as well. Yeah. Partly because like, of, I love the scene with the ceremony and the drums and all that. That was brilliant. Yeah. And it stuck with me. Yeah. It was so, so intense. That yeah, part. One of my favorite of, scenes of the whole movie. A lot of it was less is more kind of thing with this with sound design, but I feel like it deserves to be like, of the sound they put in there, it was really impactful. Exactly. Therefore, great job. So... For for both of us? Yep, agreed. Four. All right. And for effects? Effects, I'll go with, I'd say, a four. I was uh, feeling the same. Four yeah, because... effects were great. Everything everything was poignant. Everything worked. They didn't have to do anything over the top, but everything was very impactful, well done. The scenes that were, like, the murder scenes and stuff were very gory and, like, blood everywhere. Like, not, like, guts or anything, just blood 
everywhere. But like even like the goat hanging upside down looked realistic. Exactly, the, like the, the entrails the, the hanging boils from it. All, yeah, like yeah, the little pustules the boils, and boils yeah. all looked realistic. They did a great job with the this. The only thing I take away from it is there were parts where there was cuts on his face. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while it seemed like they healed a little faster than I felt like they should yeah. with time going by. Again, that could be... There's parts of it where he was like had more blood on his face and like when you've cleaned that up, that might be like what the residual of what's left. Yeah. But and it could be something that's totally fine, but yeah. again... Visual effects were great. Yeah. Overall great. Yeah. For gore? Um... Mind if I go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so that's thoughts. So. I was going to give it a three, mm-hmm. mainly because while there is blood, there's not like a whole lot of overt, as we've said before, if you can't handle a drop of blood probably horror is not for you but yeah and but there, again and the thing is there's enough scenes where like there's like a lot of blood where you can probably avert your eyes a little bit yeah and it's not the overall it because, of the movie no it's not the over but you have things like theme. the goat hanging upside down with the entrails mm-hmm. you have to me gore can also be the the pustules and stuff like that those oh, are for sure. gross you can have again the guy vomiting is very gross you mm-hmm. know so I feel like those... That was not... gross, man. Yeah, vomiting vomiting in the part with the blood yeah. that, like, dripped into his mouth. I was just like... Bah! The combination of it. Yeah. Because it's shooting out of his nose and his mouth, and there's vomit, and it's just like, wow. Well, that part, but I'm talking about the zombie thing, kind of bl- was had, like, the blood dripping mm-hmm. out of his mouth and dripped onto Jongu, and it's just like, I was like, oh, God, it's getting in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, that's how you become a zombie. Don't let it touch <laughs> you. <laughs> Which I don't think this was actually supposed no, to be a zombie, so zombie rules don't apply. transference at that point, so... But it still was, again, it's still gross, it's still upsetting, but I don't feel that it was something that was, like, over the top. Yeah, for, for me, I would give it a four for that. That's because fair. I think this, and again, this movie is a perfect example of a movie that uses those moments, the more disturbing, like, gratuitous scenes. The effect is perfect. The effect is impactful. It's not done just to it so many of these movies will just have all this violence and gore and it's a major problem for me because they're making up for an absolute shithole of a story this movie has a great story and every violent moment everything with all the blood the you know like you said like the vomiting the entrails and stuff it was all very impactful very poignant and very fitting to what they're trying to portray and it was all done really well and you know what i'm gonna say is like a random side thing that has nothing to do with our rating but of like the realistic next like kind of not really effects but the realism of it mm-hmm. how many fucking movies out there do you have a sex scene where the people just like roll over like there's no cleanup whatsoever whereas when they bang in the car you see them like both grab tissues and start cleaning up and i was like fucking thank you like why does it always have to be like this like real nice neat thing that you fucking know it's not, it's not. so the fact like i'm gonna give them a little like thumbs up for their realism and that the part. only way it's like that is if you're cosmo kramer and you faked it or chandler where he does that with monica where he's like yeah you know, like i faked it you faked it yeah like i love when jerry goes you faked it yeah is that enough or he has want to get some sleep <laughs> good lord all right for references why don't you because we kind of through this together quickly so why don't you say your references first and yeah. i'll say mine i know we both use wikipedia for obviously what, wikipedia um, imdb yeah. so like our givens uh film had a really great in-depth uh, overview of this and confirmed a lot of our thoughts so that, that was it's a wonderful article check it out yeah we'll try i'll do my best to link these all in the show notes for me i used there was a real detailed explanation i guess of a lot of this within there was a screen rant article i used and there was another one that I believe, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing it in this person's name wrong, so it all kind of ran together as one word, but I think it's supposed to be akashsebastian.wordpress.com. They had a real in-depth analysis of it. With that, though, again, thanks for listening to our 
incoherent. Our incoherent wailing about the whaling. <laughs> incoherent wailing. Uh, and no, this is not about hunting it whales. Bad, though. It's not about hunting whales, so don't think that. <laughs> this movie was terrible. There were no whales the entire time. <laughs> there was no Moby nor Dick. <laughs> oh no, there was Dick. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, the movie's great. I highly recommend you check it out. This is the kind of movie that reminds me why horror is awesome, and other movies remind me on why it can suck sometimes. But this is a, this is an absolute gem. It's gotten almost universal praise, and rightfully so. This is a masterpiece, and this is a must-watch if you're a horror fan. Yeah. So again, thanks for listening to our amateur rambling. Until next time, this has been We All Pod down here. I'm Dan, and I'm Brittany. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Share with your friends and family. And check out our website at www.weallpoddownhere.com. Or send us an email at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. You can also follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter. And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram. And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review or just something you want to make me uncomfortable with. Until next time, this has been We All Pod Down Here. Be afraid. Be very afraid.